0: Let's welcome Joey, you guys. Don't you love this man?
1: Amen. <laughs> My spiritual dad used to say that he wants to have so much faith on the earth that when he gets to heaven, the father's like, wow, boy, you believe me really good. <clears throat> so that's that's the goal, just to believe. Can you think about that? I mean, to have unbelief. Like I you know, when people don't believe me, I you know, it's like that sucks. <laughs> I didn't I didn't lie to you. But when the father who's never lied, who's never deceived, and we don't believe him, that he'll do what he says he does. And that's just no wonder it's the biggest sin. Too far from me guys. Alright, I want you guys to turn your Bibles to Exodus. I like reading the old testament but I read it through the eyes of Jesus, right? We don't interpret it uh, from Old Testament to New. But, uh, you know, I, I encourage people to read the Old Testament. I have friends that that don't, and it's weird to me. Right? You miss a lot of the uh, the good stuff of Jesus. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, everything points to him in the Old Testament. You read it, and you're like, wow. He was, he was woven throughout history. And, you know, we see him, and, but also the Old Testament teaches us the patterns of God, all right? That's how we know how we can develop this faith that we believe in that God is consistent. He's not. He hasn't changed, ever changed. So reading the Old Testament helps build, because there's patterns of God, but there's also patterns of humanity. You know, there's a lot of people think that, well, that was Old Testament, that's what they used to do. No, there's stuff that's happening today that they practiced in the Old Testament like child sacrifice i don't want this message to be a bummer message my goal my goal is to uh (laughs) yeah he set you guys up filled you with love and then now i'm gonna no but i want to talk a little bit about worship you know as a worship leader you would think I would talk about it more, but <laughs> I don't think I've given one message on worship since being here. And it's kind of—I want to touch on—we're we're on a Exodus chapter thirty-two. It's a fun chapter. It's a happy chapter. No, it's one of the most embarrassing moments of Israel's <laughs> journey. But we're gonna we're gonna look at it. how many understand worship is. When Israel was delivered from Egypt, God told Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. I mean, that word worship there, if you look in the Hebrew, is actually tr- translated serve. So he said, let my people go that they may serve me. How many understand, doesn't he, let my people go that they may sing songs? <laughs> right? Let my people go that they may serve me. So that was the goal of the deliverance is that he would bring out a people that would live a life of servitude to God, the bond slaves of God. So Exodus 32. We're going to start at 1. And so, you know, God delivered these people so that they would become servants of God and not just singers. (laughs) And so worship is huge. Worship is a big deal. It's through serving that they would conquer the world. It was through service that they would begin to take back what God has given, or take what God has given them. Uh, you know, there's a uh, you don't have to turn there, but Nehemiah. How many of you can worship worship? I mean, there's a lot of worship of worship in the church today. Even Nehemiah says in nine chapter nine verse five, it says, "Arise, bless the Lord your God forever and ever." Oh, may your glorious name be blessed and exalted above all blessing and praise. I mean, there's people that worship worship. They enter into the service and they worship worship and they never actually encounter God. We have to learn how to rise above the sounds and the music. I mean, I love it. You know, I'm a worship leader. I love making sounds, you know, that are ethereal and, you know, they have these, make you feel really good but that's not the goal the goal isn't to make you all like mindless it's to get you to engage God encounter him to be transformed that's the how how many know John Piper may not agree with everything he says but John Piper says missions exist because worship doesn't right our goal is to get nations to worship Jesus not to get converts, not people just to go to church, but to worship, to serve, to deliver nations over to Jesus that they may serve Him. You know, even Satan understands the power of worship, right? I mean, he he came to Jesus and says, "If you will only worship me, I'll give you all the nations." He was he was telling us the key to nations is worship. <laughs> worship is the is one of the most important things, but we don't do it enough, right? It's learning how to go on this journey. And when God was bringing them out of, out of Egypt, he was taking them on this journey to learn how to worship, to serve God. So I'm going to start in Exodus chapter 32, and hopefully I say something intelligent <laughs> and uh, non-heretical. God, help me. <laughs> I ask that you would speak, God. God. And that you would have your way today and you would communicate to us your heart and really bring us into order. We want to be in order. We don't want to do anything that functions or does anything outside of what you're doing or what you've wanted from us. And so Lord, we submit to you and to your word and we ask that you would speak. Have your way, Jesus. Amen. Sorry, Exodus 32. We're talking about the golden calf. (laughs) now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain the people assembled about Aaron and said to him come make us a God if you look at the real translation it says come make us gods who will go before our face as for this Moses the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt we do not know what has become of him so Moses has gone up to the mountain and he's spending time with God and he was supposed to be there 40 days. But they miscalculated days, right? So they actually started the day the day he was traveling up. That didn't count. So he wasn't coming he didn't come back according to their timeline. And so what happens is they freak out. They freak out and think, "Oh god, he must have god must have killed him on the mountain or something, an animal or something ate him on the way down and um so he they Moses doesn't come back according to their time and all heck breaks loose this is where all of a sudden you get false worship coming into this is why i believe that the false worship in the church will come when the true prophetic and apostolic come back it will deal with the false worship but moses is gone and so they start uh, grumbling and saying hey we want gods we want to make gods and so we want you to make it aaron Oh, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron. This is one of the weirdest stories in the Bible to me. Anyways, Aaron said to them, Tear off the gold rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. Now, get this. They didn't go unfasten it. It says, if you look in the literal translation, they ripped them out of their ears because they wanted to serve a false god. How many people in the church will go through great lengths, sacrifice great things for their idols or their dreams to come true, but they won't make a sacrifice for God? This stuff that that they're making, these sacrifices, uh, these gold rings, whatever, remember, uh, I think it was Exodus 25, God spoke to them and said, Tell the people to give, bring me an offering. They were taking what God gave them through the exodus, the people of Egypt, taking what was supposed to be for him and giving it to a false god. So, you can going to understand why God is probably going to get a little upset. <laughs> he took this from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it a molten calf. And they said, this is your God O Israel who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. No man, right? That's just Aaron. Oh, Aaron. You know they. You, you kind of see this in churches. People bring their tithes and their offerings, and start money starts flowing in, and you start have to make these Jesus, this Jesus that kind of, that has to look like the people want to keep them coming back said to, to appease the people so that they don't get offended and leave and your money flow disappears and and so Aaron is feeling the pressure he's like oh man they're giving me their gold uh, so I better do this so he gets in he starts he starts taking this and he starts forming this calf now this is this is crazy like verse five now when Aaron saw this he built an altar before it and Aaron made a proclamation and said tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord Ain't that just... We create a Jesus that doesn't look like him, but we tell everybody this is who we're worshiping. They're saying this calf is God. That's just... And so the next day, they rose early. (laughs) They rose early and offered burnt offerings. I don't think I, personally I don't think this was just normal burnt offerings alright and they brought peace offerings and the people sat down and eat to eat and to drink and they rose up to play that just speaks how disgusting this worship was they were first off the, the, the phrase that rose up to play was actually they rose up to have sex and have orgies and not only, you got to understand, they built this golden calf. They came from a place that worshipped a golden calf. There's there, you know, I, I was doing a little research and I found out that some of the names that this, the, the bull has received through this one, is like Alpis is like one of the names, I think. Uh, Chemosh or Shemosh. but And one of the other... Names is golden calf, but the most probably one of the names that you probably recognize the most is the name Moloch. they actually created the false god Moloch, and that if you have to understand what Moloch was Moloch was the god of the Canaanites that they actually or the It went way farther they they, they worshiped. Moloch by bringing babies and sacrificing babies, so they built the statue of this bull, and they would have his his arms would be out, and they would take babies, firstborns. They would take them. This would be for fertility and prosperity for their families, which is so backwards and twisted and evil. They take these babies, put them on this burning hot arms of this false god, and then they would put it on. They would roll into the stomach of. Moloch and be the sacrifice, and and so this is what I believe that they were doing. They weren't offering just bulls, and I believe they were actually killing babies and murdering people at this time. And like you know, that that's what I think. So then, when the Lord spoke, now God God knows about this, and the Lord spoke to Moses, "Go down at once for your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves." They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. Not even 40 days Moses has been gone. And they do this. They have made for themselves a molten calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it. And said, this is your God, O Israel. All the other religions around them were doing this kind of worship. And God was like, I'm not this God. Right? I I proved that at Abraham. (laughs) I don't believe in the human sacrifice. But I will give my son... Anyways, this is your God who, is who who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Then Lord said, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and behold they are an obstinate people. Now then let me alone that my anger may burn against them and I may that I may destroy them and I will make you a great nation. Man, the pressure Moses must have felt right there. Hmm, God will make my nation great. He'll start over with me. <laughs> Can you imagine the tent? Like, these people have given me nothing but trouble. <laughs> Let's hit the reset button, God. No, but you know, you know the story. Moses is like, no, God, don't do that. This is a weird story to me because God tells Moses, "Hey, Moses, these people are sinning. I'm hot. I'm angry at them. I'm burning against them. Let, move out of the way so I can kill them." And Moses is like, don't do it, God. You know, why should you do that? And all the you know the people would say, why did you deliver them to, only to kill them in the wilderness? And so God says, all right, Moses, I won't kill him. And the funny thing is Moses goes back, and he sees it, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> like it's, it's like the weirdest story, right? He's telling God, don't do it. Don't get angry, God. You'll look bad. And then he goes down, and he, he kills 3,000 of them. <laughs> and then he goes back to God. Hey, God, they're sinning against you. <laughs> it's like the weirdest story. God's like, I told you that, man, like half a chapter ago. Anyway, it's a weird Weird passage of scripture to me. But, you know, I think that's just, there's a lot of, I think, leadership today that live in this kind of, they want to believe the best. I believe we're coming to a point where they're going to see what's actually going, out, going on and then there's going to be a little of an attitude change. I think we, you know, we are living in the weirdest time. I've been in the church for over 30 something years and it, uh, growing up in the church I have never been in a time where so many of the people in the church don't have an expectancy for God's return ever I've been in this for a very long time and I've growing up you hear people oh man I can't wait till Jesus returns there's this, this belief that Jesus is coming back and now it's like there isn't this hope this expect expectancy is return, and it's just weird to me because Jesus, Jesus says that I'm going to return when you don't think I am. We are living in the when you don't think I am moment, I think. That's why I think he's on, he's, the light is getting closer. <laughs> because if, if what Timothy's, the prophecy and all this comes and things go into chaos, how many of the light needs to be close? <laughs> because the light needs to be brought into the chaos so that it can bring order. Anyways. I'm just kind of rambling. I'm just going through this passage because I, I feel like this is a parallel where we're at. We're seeing in the church, like you hear, I've heard stories of orgies happening in big churches. I mean, not in the church, but like you know, they, they would have groups of people actually doing these things. I'm not, I haven't heard any murders or any sacrifices or anything like that. But, hey man, if you can do that, the next step ain't going to be that hard. So, you know, we're living in some weird, weird times. It's not to be discouraged and not to be a bummer message, I'm telling you. But it is to be encouraged because God's going to come and he's going to set things right. There will be the true apostolic and the true prophetic is going to come and will bring order. Moses or Aaron's job was to restrain the people. He was supposed to restrain them. But he didn't do it, and so the people went lawless. that's funny because Aaron doesn't even get punished for it (laughs) but God at the end says what they did with the calf with which Aaron had made (laughs) that was the very last verse on the anyway so verse 11 some people are hating me right now (laughs) then Moses entreated the Lord his God and said oh Lord why does your anger burn against your people okay I'm gonna skip all that because I already told you he uh tried he told God not to get angry and Then Moses returned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. The tablets were God's work, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Now when Moses heard the sound of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is a sound of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the sound of the cry of triumph, nor is it the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. It's the, you know, when, I believe when the true apostolic comes, it will train the immature how to discern what true worship is and what false worship is. Joshua was young, he was immature, he had no discernment, so he confused The sounds, because they were singing. And he confused it for war. Instead of, but Moses was able to discern, no, that's the sound of immorality. Did you know that, I mean, I don't know if I should say this. There are some songs that are circulating in our worship circles that are written by homosexuals. But they're famous and I' mean you know, I'm not whatever but there there are those songs that are out there famous I won't name them but no I'm not <laughs> so you know the apostolic is the the we're gonna remember when uh the, I, I believe the apostolics one wanted their job you know timothy correct is the is to enable and to help train the young the immature how to hear god i think that's one of their is how do we how do we hear god remember when uh, jesus was about to get taken by the uh soldiers and peter he good old peter got a sword and he cut off the man's ear and jesus restored his hearing I believe that's what we're supposed to do as, you know, as apostolic piece, restore the hearing, and not. Peter's the apostle, and he cut off the ear, instead of. Anyways, just a thought. Now, I don't know if that's biblical, but I'm just, <laughs> just kind of speaking. Anyways, you know, I, I'm talking about this because God was mad that they were worshiping this false god. And this is where we might get into bummer state. But this is something that God has been speaking to me, because I'm a I'm a worship leader, and so I I you know I was sitting down with Kong, we were at Starbucks, and I was reading through this like, dang, God socked me in my jaw, <laughs> you know? He's like speaking to me about this like, wh- where what's your what do you look what's your worship like, Joe? And so you know. Moses comes back and he, gets, and he throws down the, uh, the tablets and he, burn, he takes the calf and he burns it up and he makes them drink it. I'm sure there's a prophetic statement in that. I don't know what that means. But then Moses, you know, ta- speaks to Aaron. and says, what did this people do to you that you have brought up such great sin upon them? Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself that they are prone to evil. He didn't own up to it, all right? <laughs> That's all that. For they said to me, make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought you up out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And this is one of the funniest probably verses in all of the Bible. I said to them, who has, whoever has any gold, let them tear it off. So they gave it to me, I threw it in the fire, and poof. Out came this calf. (laughs) Talk about trying to get out of responsibility. I just, I took these rings, threw it in the fire. Poof, this, magically, this calf forms miraculously. I, you know, I heard recently there's a church uh, with a lesbian pastor, and she, it's so weird, she took, she had the women that were at a church, I don't know if there were men there, but Women in our church took their rings, purity rings. You know, they they made promises to God that they would stay pure before until they were married. They took the rings and they melted down the ring and they formed a woman's, you know, lower region, a statue, made a statue out of it. And they gave it to this woman named Gloria Stein or something and gave it to her to honor her for her work in feminism. I mean, that's like, that is literally like this story. (laughs) Anyways, it's, and you see them on stage, and they're all happy and cheering, and that's so weird because these women made a a promise to God that they would, something happened to them that they abandoned it and became so deceived. It's heartbreaking. Because once they were so committed, I mean, that's a commitment, especially in today's society where pressure is to, you know, become like everybody else and the pressure. And they, they made this commitment and all of a sudden something crept in and now I don't know, it's just sad. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna move along, I'll get you guys out here in a few minutes. And so Moses <laughs> no now when Moses saw that the people were out of control, they had no law, for Aaron had let them go. Let them get out of control and be a derision among their enemies. How many of the law can't change your heart, but it can restrain you? And that's the purpose, right? You know, we often say you can't legislate morality. That's not true. You can, you just can't change the heart, right? How many know the law that you shouldn't murder in, you know, has saved a lot of people from murder, <laughs> being murdered, right? Because if you could just murder, boom, just do it. So, you know, the law is important. And even Paul says that the law is to restrain those who are unrestrained. Uh, so they went out of control. Then Moses stood in the camp, gate of the camp and said, whoever is, this is where I believe we're coming to. Moses stood at the, in the gate of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. I, I do believe the line is being drawn in the sand. I believe there is a line of demarcation happening right now, and you are about to see the sheep and the goats towards the end of the, the tares and the wheat will grow up together we are you'll see it in the church you'll see churches split. I'm telling you you will there's a I mean You know, I I have animals. I don't have any sheep or goat. But the thing about a sheep and a goat, unless you're very trained and you handle them often, you can't tell the difference between their voices. They sound almost identical. Only the trained ear can discern the difference between a sheep and a goat. How many of those goats that sound like Christians? We can't discern it because they they have the lingo, they have everything that sounds like a sheep. Man, if you guys knew how bad CCM, Christian Contemporary Music, I'm not talking about the style. (laughs) I'm talking about the darkness that's in there. I've had people that went in and worked with these people, and they're like, they don't even hide it. They practice Things that are just not biblical. I mean, it, and Patricia, Patricia King's even called it out. She's, you know, she went and she saw it, and she's like, "Man, you don't understand how bad it is." And so, stuff you hear on Caleb <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Listen to all of it. You need the uh, discerning of Moses. You know, the sound of what's the sound that's coming out. So, uh, you know, I'm, let's see where. I'm going to land this thing or crash it. One of one of these. <laughs> so Moses said, come to me, come to me. And so Moses came to the people, the Levites came to Moses and they sided with him. And then they put to death 3,000 people. Some people think that these are 3,000 uh, non-Israelis that actually snuck into the camp from the, the exodus that became part of it. Some That's some of the theories. Um. I don't know, but they started this problem, it was a big number, 3,000, and, you know, so Moses kills three, has the Levites kill 3,000 of them, and Moses gives a cry, and dedication, dedicate yourselves today, Lord, for every man has been against his son and against his brother, in order that he may bestow upon a, bestow a blessing upon you today, now, I, I don't believe we should go out and just kill people, right? I hope no one leaves this place like Pastor Joseph. No. If you do that you're a moron. <laughs> Am I supposed to say that as a pastor? <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm I don't think anybody in this room would do that. So it doesn't apply to anyone here. <laughs> I can feel the hate. I can feel people reaching into their pockets for their rocks. <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty good at moving, though. I dodge them suckers. I've been doing this for a long time. I ain't afraid of rocks. We used to throw rocks at each other when I was a kid. It was for fun. <laughs> we we could call them dirt bombs. <laughs> and then when you got caught, woo, them suckers sting. Anyways, so yeah, okay. So Moses goes back up to the Lord. He says, "Dude, you're right." base and against you and so God says, yeah, I know. And I told you that. And so but Moses has the heart. You know, a heart isn't that God get these people that aren't living right. Kill them. Heart should be like Moses. God that you would show them mercy and call them back to you. God that you would reach out and you'd win them to you, God. And just to be like Moses, to have the heart of the intercessor. The mediator, like Jesus, is the mediator. Jesus stands and he's in heaven day and night, pleading on our behalf. (laughs) We all deserve hell. (laughs) Anyways, I want you to turn your Bibles. We'll end with Psalm one nineteen. I've never been uh, afraid of controversy. Unless it's bad controversy. Like, so anyways, I want to read a Psalm one fifteen. I believe Psalm one fifteen was written. It, one fifteen. Sorry, one with one fifteen. Sorry. I was talking about the child sacrificing because it's it's happening today. Even Rodney Howard Brown wrote a book about Hollywood and and how they they have child sacrifice and um, sat satanic worship in Hollywood. We just seen a big case just bust open this week or last week. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein gets caught and he's got this island that is probably one of the most demonic spots and on the on the island he has a temple and it's has these owls in the Old Testament the owls were uh, some people say Moloch some say it's the god of Minerva I don't know but the same practice was practiced before these gods they would sacrifice children and he had these, stat- these things established on his island. So he got busted. And he's connected to some very high people. Very high people. <laughs> and so we're about to, I think we're about to see Hollywood get shaken. And a bunch of people exposed. Some of our favorite stars are not so good. And I'm not trying to be. Some of these people that we see in Hollywood are actually groomed on this island to become who they are. There's a lot of history. Eat. I've looked into this, and probably more than I should, but I've read stuff on it and done a lot of research. And that island needs just to be nuked. It just needs to be the bomb dropped on it, and never, no one ever step on that island again. It's close to Haiti. A lot of kids went missing in Haiti. yet so many tens of thousands probably taken don't know where they are and still to this day there's a lot of homeless children living in haiti because of the earthquakes even though billions of dollars were given to build rebuild their infrastructure nothing's gotten better i wonder what foundation is working down there <laughs> I think it rhymes with (laughs) inton anyways oh man I'm sorry Timothy (laughs) we're gonna get some bad press I I take it on me uh, you know whatever heat we get from this anyways Psalm 115 and this is why God doesn't want us to worship idols They're knocking at my door, ready to kill me. So, you know, um, worship is huge. Even Satan understood it. And the thing about worship, worship should produce something out of your life. And God understood that when you worship something that was false, you would produce falseness. You'd produce something out of your life that had no life. Right? That's what idol worship does. So we're going to read Psalm 115. I believe Psalm 115 is connected to Exodus 32. It doesn't say that, but that's what I believe. Not to Psalm 115. Verse 1, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Why should the nation say? Where do where we hear that? Moses. Why, would the, why should the nation say that, God, you brought them out here? All right? But our, Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Now he begins to talk about idols. Their idols are silver and gold the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Stop. So he's telling you the nature of an idol. They can't do anything. (laughs) They have no life. They can't speak. They can't see. They can't hear. Yet people worship these things, not understanding the power of worship and what worship actually does. Verse 8. Because those who, who make them will become like them. Everyone. Not just the ones who make them, but everyone who trusts in them. In other words, God... Tells the Egyptians, or Israelites, they're making this golden calf. And they create this thing. And God gets angry because he understands the power of worship. And not God represented evil. He understands that the power of worship is that when you worship something, you become like it. You become people who aren't prophetic, who can't see and hear God. You could become people who can't smell them. I mean, we're supposed to experience God with all our senses. You you become people that can't smell. You can't even. You have no feel. How many you know people struggle? I can't feel God. You were designed to. And I'm telling you, this is my, the message to me, right? <laughs> I was. You know, speaking to me. They have feet, but they can't walk. They can't preach the gospel. They can't make a sound with their throat. They can't even moan. That's what the Bible says. They, can, they can't even do that. Because idols are dead. And when you worship something that's dead, you produce death. So he, that's why God brought them out, that they may worship him and become like Him who can see all things, hear all things, knows all things, speak words that bring into creation life. But we can't get there just without worship and trusting in the Lord. You know, so the question that, you know, God was asking me, has Jesus become an idol, Joe? i don't that doesn't even sound biblical. <laughs> can he? And so the, the question he was asking me, have we created An image of him that is powerless and ineffective. Have we created a Jesus that doesn't look like the Bible Jesus, but looks like the politically correct Jesus? Have we become powerless in the church because we worship someone we think is a golden calf? Remember, this is God. This is the God who delivered you. Are we worshiping something that's been crafted and created by our slick messages to appease the people and keep them happy so they don't revolt and riot and kill us right well, I bet you Aaron was scared like I know this is wrong, but I don't want to die today. I bet you he felt the pressure have we created a Jesus that look is stone no no power no form of godliness but we deny the power. We, you know, we we've created something that's you know the the bull was is just a bad idea. <laughs> it was just a bad <laughs> Yeah. There's a bunch of bull in the church. There's a bunch of bull in my life. Yeah, I got to deal with it because I look at my life and I lead worship and I'm like Man, why do I feel powerless? Because if I'm truly in worship, I should feel powerful. I should be living a powerful life. I should be living a life that is like God. <laughs> right? I, you know, I'm speaking to me. So if you don't, don't apply to you, lay hands on me because I need help. I, I don't want to just keep singing songs because the words are crafted really good and like, oh, that's nice but have no impact in my life because worship is supposed to create a life that looks like God. That's why we're here. We're, we, God is not afraid for us to look like him. That's his goal, right? The image of God was tainted, was destroyed in the garden, and now when Jesus came back, he's, he's in this process of restoring that to us, to walk in the full image of God. We are made in His image, right? So I, you know, I want to be able to speak, see, hear, smell, feel, walk. I want to, and that, you know, we we, if we just worship, to worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. So you know, I, I my goal is not to make this a bummer, but to really challenge. It's challenging me. Because I can get in the routine, I can sing you a song. <laughs> I can go through a week not picking up the guitar at home, come here and just poof, I can do it. And so God's challenging me because what we're going into, we need we need to become more like God, to become more merciful, to, more loving. Be more everything God. And that we don't get there because we will it. <laughs> because we try harder. Behold him. When we behold him, we shall become like him. You know, we, it's just, we overcomplicate. I do. I do. Cause you know, I have this earnest desire to become like God. And so I try to do it with my own ability. When he just says, come worship me. The new and living way through the blood, sacrifice of the blood of the blood of Jesus that we can come and we can worship him, right? Hebrews tells us. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the ho- those who fear the Lord. Bless the house of Aaron. Hmm. That's the guy who messed up, man he'll bless the house of Aaron <laughs> he will bless those who fear the Lord the small together Aaron repented right he came to the Lord he came to the Lord I'm just being mean he will bless those who fear the Lord the small together with the great may the Lord give you increase you and your children remember that that's what they're trying they're sacrificing their babies so they could have increase if you know i believe that was more you and your children may be blessed of oh, the lord maker of heaven and earth the heavens are the heavens of the lord but the earth he has given to the sons of men do not they do not the dead do not praise the lord nor do any go down into silence but as for us we will bless the lord from this time forth and forever praise the lord so the context is those who worship god Those who worship false idols become like those false idols, dead, inactive, no power, nothing. But those who worship God, trust in the Lord, he says, I have given you the earth. He's trying to get them to remember the first commission, right? Adam and Eve subdue the earth. I've given the earth. The only way you're going to do that is if you worship me so you become like me and learn how to rule over the earth with my nature and my character. The Israelites were making a God that would serve them. That's what cows do. Cows serve men. So they were making this image that would serve them instead of remembering, well, he got us out because we're supposed to serve him. Alright, they were trying to flip the script and what a bad, bad move. Anyways. Smile. Like I, this whole message was to me. I was speaking to me, and and uh, I'm really challenged. And I'm gonna go home, and I I need to step up my own worship game. And I feel the. Heat. <laughs> you know, I love you guys. You know, I I I have nothing against. I love the church. I hate when people talk bad about the church. It's like. It has problems, yes. But God loves the church. I love the church. You know, if you said something bad about my wife, I'd knock your teeth out. So I ain't talking bad about his wife, (laughs) right? I mean, we can point out the issues and the things. We'll start here. You know, we we, we speak about our own issues. We got our own issues. But you don't talk about another man's wife. (laughs) Or you get we used to call it chin checked Yeah, you know, if you stepped out you want to get chin checked we just, we'd, sometimes we'd hit each other because we were just dumb kids <laughs> I wrote this three no four years ago I was just spending time with the Lord and I was meditating on the church and just his love for us Despite all that we do. Contrary. It says the greatest days of and I just wrote this in just you know really quick, the greatest days of the church are not behind her but upon her. We've only seen the mere edges of his ways, and have heard only a small whisper of him, but the church is beginning to understand the thunder of his power. Job twenty six fourteen. For far too long, the church has been a reproach to the nations, but Holy Spirit has been grooming and preparing the Son's bride, and soon she will be the manifestation of the virtuous wife of Proverbs 31, who, instead of being reproached, is praised, praised for her humility, strength, beauty, service, wisdom, sacrifice, diligence and her undying love and devotion to her, her husband Jesus. It's coming. We should be we should be excited because he's grooming us. He's preparing us and oh before I forget we have the uh the ham radio thing on Wednesday. I don't want if you if you bought a ham radio if you don't if you don't have one, just come Wednesday night, seven we'll say seven thirty and uh come ready to learn. Anyways. I'll i I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. So Yep, you can buy a radio we'll let you know. But sorry, that was a bad place to Sidestep. Um, so, you know, I want you to challenge yourself when you go home. If you feel condemnation, that was not my heart or desire. It's really a challenge. I don't, you know, I don't want to go through my life thinking I've been worshiping Jesus, but I haven't. I've just been singing songs. I've been just becoming emotional. If there's no transformation, if there's no power coming on, I want to know that. I want to be, like, spoken to directly. We're we're not in the days where we have to coddle people. Or I don't think, we need to be in the days where we're like, you know, not be jerks. (laughs) But to be really, you know, hey man, you need to get this in line, Joe. You know, you play the guitar well, but you're not really touching the heart of the of father. Because, whatever. I'm telling you, this is what I'm going, this is what I'm dealing with the father. How many know the discipline is good? I ask for rebuke. When I was under my spiritual father, I, like, I welcome the rebuke. <laughs> and Wayne Wayne was going to ask him this question because there's one time I was me and my friend. Uh, me and my uh, friend were just we we're doing we we're making loud music, and he was trying to talk to somebody. And, and he never does. He's the the most gentle man that I've. And he never gets angry. Well, he does, but not he's rarely. So he he's in the middle. He turns. He goes. What am I raising a bunch of idiots? <laughs> he never says that. <laughs> my spiritual father. He like People who have met him. You're like, oh, I love him. I love Pastor. <laughs> right? He said that to us. I was like, my maturity level went whoop. I was like, I grew. I was like, you know, <laughs> the word became more alive and everything. <laughs> Just because that wasn't his nature. He wasn't, you know, he, he, but oh, when, he, when he stepped out of line, Anyways stand up. <laughs> I'm just I got a shovel and I'm digging a hole
0: here. I, I have been waiting for direction for Eagle's Nest for months. Today I've heard it. Joey, um, um I've been hearing you preach for a few years now. The last few months, in this last year, you've gone from, you've always had a real cutting-edge message. But something is on you that God is turning you into an Amos. You know who Amos was? Yeah, but I've heard of <laughs> Amos said, I'm not a prophet, neither son of the prophet. I'm a keeper of the fruit trees and of the, and of the flocks. That's what he said. He said, I'm a shepherd. But but he was a prophet, a prophetic, a prophet, a pastor with the voice of the prophet Jesus for the times, the contemporary times we're in. And I'm going to ask you to continue this message on worship. I'm going to ask you to, to come and do it Thursday night, the direction we were going. Uh, It was good, but I believe that we need to hear this from you now. I believe we need to hear you come with this edge. I'm glad you're not apologetic, but you're tender towards the hearts of the people. But I really believe that a voice for worship is so vital right now. I know what you're saying. I don't think you need to be too cautious because there is a lot of idolatry in worship now Um, and you're saying it the right way and so I I want you to continue this next Sunday I feel like we need to hear your heart on this and I believe we need to come and really worship like you said and so you're going to do double duty you're going to lead worship And let's pray God will send some people to help. And uh, we've always had a lot of worship people come through here wanting to help with worship. And the last year, um, that's not happened. And it's because of the shift. It's all because he was letting die what was so that he could bring forth the new thing. And so I feel a strong, strong, strong direction from the Lord. Um, you don't sound at all like you used to when you first started ministering. You sound, every time I hear him preach, no, you don't sound at all angry. You sound passionate, and you sound like your ministry has changed, and the anointing on you has changed. You guys, you agree? I mean, I'd sit here this morning listening to a prophet. The prophet Jesus spoke through you with a shepherd's heart with a love for worship in the church and the people and the failing and the errands that should have been judged and wasn't even disciplined. God disciplined Moses and the children of Israel and loved Aaron, and he will bless Aaron. I, 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 I hear something that I've never heard, and something has happened here this morning. There's been a shift in the heavens. For this place. So, man, I loved it. I wish we'd had it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll let you finish up. Oh.
1: <laughs> Amos, I'm going to have to go and study Amos. The plowman shall overtake the reaper. We should all be honest with ourselves right we shouldn't we should be we shouldn't be introspective we should ask holy spirit show me see if they're any way offensive anything that would stand in the way of everlasting and asking holy spirit to lead us to those places you know there may be something that you're doing and this is not a condemning thing i hope this gives you life that man i've been doing this i need to repent and come out of this so i can enter into deeper worship with god and so I want you to just take a moment and ask Holy Spirit to show you. He may not show you this right now. He may show you when you leave. He may show you when you're driving home. He may show you when you're in the quiet place of your room. He may show you whenever. But I want you to ask Holy Spirit, invite him like David invited God to search him and to know him, to show him. Because my heart's desire is that every one of us will live in victory. And we won't have victory if there's no power of worship in our lives so if we don't understand how to worship the lord and engage with him right so i want you to take a moment and just ask holy spirit to show you and if he shows you i want you to repent thank you, lord. Thank, you lord. thank you lord thank you lord jesus I feel this conviction for myself. The Lord is is really speaking to me that uh, I need to start getting up early to meet with Him. Maybe convicting some of you. Thank you, Lord. It's funny how when we have idols, we can we'll make sacrifices, even get up early to do it. That's what they did, right? They rose up early. If you do that for something you love and are passionate about, but not for Jesus, then there should be a question there. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm not not a morning person. (laughs) I am now. I am now, Lord. You are transforming me. Oh, I love the sun. I, I love when it comes up. I love the little birds that chirp and wake me up in the morning because we have birds in our house because of my wife, and they're so wonderful at 5 in the morning. Lord, help us. So, God, we ask right now, we ask for a conviction of the Holy Spirit, not the condemnation of any word or any whatever, uh, any spirit that would try to come in and condemn us and say, oh, look, at that. you're not doing good enough. What? A, we silence that, God. We speak to, to, to that mouth to shut up. And we just, we just, we speak, we ask that Holy Spirit, you'd begin to whisper in our ears and encourage us and to really show us, man, we would really enter into worship if we really, when we start catching the revelation of Jesus. It's just that easy. It's the revelation of the Son will produce the worship in our hearts. So we behold the Son who takes, behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. When we behold him. Jesus, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and by your power, your might, that you would enable us this week to see Jesus rightly, to see him in a way that we go from parroting somebody else's praise and going into a place of revelation and understanding that we begin to produce this this worship begins to be brought forth in our lives that that just effortlessly, God, that those things that would try to capture our attentions before would just become nothing to us anymore. We'd just be just run away into the secret place and to be caught up in our ecstasy with you, Jesus. Oh, we, I ask for a revelation. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon every person in this room in a profound and powerful way that it would produce a worship out of our lives that when we wake up in the morning, just our hearts are burning and we, under, we, we go through the day experiencing you and conquering and overcoming and, and all these different things, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person. Every person is here but by your ordination, by your plan, that they were here this morning to hear this word. May they hear it and be encouraged to know that God is calling them to a deeper place. God is calling them higher. He says, come up here. I got things to show you. It's amazing that when, when Jesus says, come up here, I want to show you things that, are, that have to take place, he takes them into worship. He takes them into the throne room. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to take us into the place of worship. As we enter into the place of worship, we'll be able to see. We'll be able to hear. We'll be able to understand. We'll be able to speak the things that God wants us to speak in this hour without fear, without worry, without the political correct thing jumping on us. We'll speak it because we've been on the mountain with God. And we have worshiped. And we've been transformed. And the glory changes the face of Moses. And the glory will change the face of the church. Thank you, Lord. Your glory changes us. So, Father, let this be a week of worship. of Like they've never known before. No matter how good it sounds, how bad it's, they would just go in and their hearts would Burn. And yearn for more of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their hearts and what you're doing in mine, and that you are a good father who disciplines me and doesn't let me just walk through life assuming that I'm doing the things right. Thank you for your correction for me, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So bless your sons and your daughters today. Thank you. Speak to them. Because you are alive, you are living, and they worship the living God, and they are being transformed into your image, increasing glory every single day. Thank you, Lord. Amen.